Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Sarah. Um, when you were a kid, you're, you're literally less than half my age. Did you have those little things? You put them on your fingers and you went, you would ask a kid a question and then you would move it around? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the cootie catchers? Cootie catchers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course we did those. You know how to do those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I was just wondering, because they've been around for, like, we did them when I was a kid. We didn't call them cootie catchers. I don't know what we called them. I didn't know how to make them, but I know that other kids did and, and used them. And, and they've been, and it's weird because they cross cultural lines. They happen all over the world. They've been happening for generations, as we just proved. Uh, they've been called cootie catchers, fortune tellers, you name it. It's that thing where you... You put it over your fingers and then you ask a question and I don't even know what, what's the rhyme, Sarah? Do you know? Like, how do you, you know how, like, it's not eeny, meeny, miny, mo, but it's kind of like that. But it's kind of, yeah, it's like that. And then that's, and when it stops, that's when you know what the yeah. answer is, right? But like you have, the, you hit a number and then you do that many times and right. then you pick a color and you spell out the color. Yeah. Right. And then it, it sort of tells you your fortune. Okay. I'm glad Sarah knows more about it. Uh, we're going to have a conversation about why they're not just fun little playtime things. Then maybe there's a reason they've hung around because they fill, they check a lot of developmental boxes. It's really interesting. So to explain all of this to us, we have Dr. Hetty Rusing, who's a professor at the Workland School of Education at the University of Calgary. Dr. Uh, Rusing, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you being here. I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, so I, I did a horrible job explaining what this thing is. It's, it's kind of like a magic eight ball, ultimately, the way that it works. But what do you call them and how do you describe them so our audience knows exactly what we're talking about? I think we might have called them fortune tellers when we were kids. But I think across uh, cootie catchers, I think Sarah called them that. Uh, sometimes they're called, uh, oh, who knows, chatterboxes or salt cellars or things like that. Okay. And in other cultures, they are in Dutch, for example, and Huppertje. Um, you were right when you indicated uh, many, many cultures know this craft or game and love to play it. Do we know where it started? Do we care where it started? Does it really matter? Oh, it's very old. I, it, there are instructions in Japanese in okay. 1797. Uh, German educators uh, had this on their curriculum in the 19th century. So they've been around a long time. Um, now, I've never thought of them as being anything more than just a, a silly little plaything that kids did and had a lot of fun with, which is a valuable uh, thing in its own right. But, but you make the case that, you know, there's more to it. They actually check a lot of developmental boxes, right? They do, and it's so important that we understand that when when we're targeting or choosing tasks for kids, we try and target all of the developmental boxes. We want to get at the um, visual spatial, spatial. We want to get at the fine motor. We want to get at uh, emotional and social. We want to get at the cognitive domains and language learning. So finding a task or an activity or a game that targets all of them leverages and connects across the domains and has a much more powerful learning impact than if you were trying to do each little thing separately. Okay, so let's walk through some of them. I mean, physical development, there's a component of that that this sort of um, helps work with, right? Visual, spatial, and fine motor. 
Okay. Fine motor. So maybe you were thinking of the fine motor when you uh, physical. That's right. Yeah. Now, is that in in manipulating it and using it? What about making it? Like, I don't know how to make it. I mean, I imagine there's some skills there too, right? I think so. Everything from cutting, creasing, folding, um, all those things will work uh, and develop a good pincer grip sometimes. It will work those little fingers. It will develop concepts of what is a square, what is a triangle, what is a diagonal. So those are nice words for little kids to hear and know. Um, and, and then, of course, there's a big social component to this because you need to have somebody else playing the game with you, right? That's true. You can uh, play with a partner and maybe you've got a story starter or a riddle or a joke or uh, something like that uh, that would be under the flap. But I've seen them used even with older students as a study strategy for a physics exam or something where they've handwritten uh, their physics formulas or something and they might use it as a review strategy for themselves. Who knows? I was going to ask you about that. Like, is there any? I remember it. I think if I had to pinpoint an age, I would say between ten and twelve, when they seem to be all the rage when I was in school. Um, but you're saying older students as well. Is I mean, are they spread across different age groups? Oh, I think any age can benefit. So, uh, in the article on the Conversation Canada that I've posted on what's in your future. Fortune Teller's Paper Game Helps Children Acquire Fine Motor and Language Skills. I'm working with two quite young kids. They are uh, four and five years old, so they required a little bit more hands-on help, a little bit more review, chunking the task down into more manageable bits, uh, but very doable. And they wanted to make this with birthday greetings for their father that day. So a little bit of coloring of balloons and uh, candles and maybe a birthday cake and uh, then a wish underneath the flap. Really, really interesting. I mean, I can see all the different developmental skills that it touches on. Um, what about, uh, you know, just our cognitive development? There's, there's, uh, there's a lot of steps involved and then not only in making it but in using it. So you're, you're sort of, you're, you're learning as you go, right? Yes, I think uh, there's procedural language first, now, next. Yeah. Uh, those kinds of things, I think, help kids uh, follow a sequence of things to do. Uh, they hear more complicated language that, are, uh, that has to do with a, a, co- a concept. What is a diagonal? What happens if I fold this in half? Why do I need to start with a square piece of paper? Those are important, and kids need, at that age, concrete, direct contact with um, all of those steps. The brain learns through the hands, so it's really the hand-brain complex that needs to be engaged, reinforced, supported through language by an adult who will uh, mediate all this stuff for little people. I don't know if you've done work with any other playthings, but part of me thinks when something like this takes off and becomes established and goes through cultures and generations that's why because it it does something beneficial to us as a child we learn uh, through it i mean are there other examples aside from fortune tellers where you can sort of say well the reason that we do this is because it helps us develop this that or the other uh, I, I ran a play-based series a year ago, and I really had to push hard to think of what are those high-impact games and tasks yeah. that target and work across developmental domains. It's not that easy to think of them. I really thought I hit the jackpot when you I did. thought of this and, and then realized, wow, other activities that are important to kids, of course, are things like block play, work with um, 
Lego pieces, small bits and pieces, loose parts where they manipulate. But when you want to bring all these pieces together so that children start to understand how things work in a coherent, cohesive system, you're looking for something that brings that all together. That's not that easy to do. I think we tend to fragment what we do with kids in school, and they're working on this little skill or they're working on that little skill. But the other thing is that fortune tellers, um, when you watch kids doing these things, you'll see where a child might be having trouble. So if you notice that there is a poor pincer grip, you might think, oh, I need to go now and play with clothes pegs or... um, something picking up small bits and pieces or chop working with chopsticks and pick up sticks that would help but when you want to make something that draws on all of those things fortune tellers really ticks all the boxes it does yeah fascinating um eddie thank you so much for your time today i appreciate you joining us Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.